and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am your host, Charlie Burns. Across from me, digitally at least, is Zach Reagan of A to Z Sports Writing Fame. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if you wanted to if you want to listen to that regularly, go over to the A to Z Sports Nashville U, uh, A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple and Spotify. Uh, and when you get there to our podcast feed, rate, review, but most importantly, subscribe. If you do subscribe, you won't miss our shows when we drop them on Mondays. And speaking of Mondays, it is not one right now because there was Monday Night Football yesterday that was involving the Tennessee Titans. And, of course, our, our parent company, the A to Z Sports.com company, uh, covers the Titans in a big way. And so they were they were doing Titan stuff. So we, we weren't on yesterday, but we're back here, and it is Tuesday. Usually it's on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the A to Z Sports National YouTube channel. Go there, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the notification bell, and so you'll be notified when we go live on YouTube, A to Z Sports Nashville. There, at Charlie underscore Burris, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports, Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports, and A to Z Sports.com for everything that Zach writes on the internet. All right. Uh, some interesting news <laughs> kind of dropped right before we came on here. Uh, obviously, I mean, we're going to talk transfer portal. We're going to talk basketball. The Tennessee basketball game against Georgia Southern is occurring as, as we record this. Um, and so we'll kind of maybe have a little live reaction to that, although hopefully Tennessee just kind of wins that game by 40. But um, apparently, if this is actually true, uh, Florida State or the state of Florida is suing the college football playoff committee. Is that really real? Did I see that? I was texting it, you about it, Zach. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's uh that's a real thing that's happening. So I, I don't Should know. Fun. Yeah. I, I'm if it is legitimate and they don't go all the way, you know, they they file a lawsuit. I kind of texted you guys. The most exciting part is what comes out of all this, all the, the yes. emails and texts that they get access to. A lot of times that's what takes down innocent parties or not innocent, but they takes down parties that, uh, or Hugh freeze, for example, in the Houston nut thing kind of got caught up all the, all of his side quests got caught up in the Houston nut stuff because of stuff they had kind of dove into. So you never know what can come out of this. John Gruden is also uh, caught up in some stuff with ESPN and Washington. Who knows? I mean, I guess the whole the whole goal there is to is to uh, expose some sort of conspiracy between the college football committee and leaving Florida State out. So that would be pretty interesting if they find anything. Here, here's your your clarification here. So this is just some like college football news account. So go figure that they kind of got it wrong. Um, they said for clarification, this is just an investigation and subpoena to demand documents. Now, not an official lawsuit yet. An official lawsuit and penalties would come after if the committee does not apply or it does not comply. Um, so close, but still with a subpoena, maybe some stuff could come out. I, I would be interested uh, to see that. But um, thanks to everybody for tuning in. I know we, we might have a light crowd tonight because of the basketball game. That's OK, because you can listen to it on the replay. Uh, but I see B- Billy Bob's in here. Lou Man. <laughs> uh who is our resident Vandy fan also hanging out. What's up? Um, but if you feel the need, obviously you can comment, join the show. I didn't really like finish out my entire spiel there. We love to talk to everybody in the comments on YouTube. So go ahead and join us there if you would like to, uh, cause we love responding to the comments, but for tonight's show, uh, it's going to be big time on the transfer portal. People are pretty concerned or really, should I say debating if we should be concerned is kind of the, the question for the transfer portal for recruiting, because a lot of sort of not great things unfolded in, in both of those arenas since we talked last Zach. And then uh, we're also going to talk about maybe some opt outs from the bowl game. What, what might be coming? None have been announced yet, but what might be coming and, uh, and maybe we'll t- also talk a little basketball since the basketball game is literally happening as we record this. But uh, before we do anything, I, I didn't want to say, obviously we are a to Z sports Nashville. I think it would be remiss if I did not say that obviously thoughts are with the Nashville area 
uh, and, and Clarksville and Springfield and everybody that got hit by a tornado over the weekend. It's absolutely horrifying. Um, I knew people, I know people that uh, got hit. I actually was born and lived in Hendersonville, Tennessee um, for the first few years of my life. Um, and so I'm very, very familiar with the area. It's it actually, when we lived there, um, we even Rivergate mall got hit by a tornado when I was a little kid. It's so, so crazy. You need to, that needs to stop happening. Um, but thoughts to all those people. Um, and so, yeah, just thought I would start out by saying that. And now let's get, uh, into the show and talk about, uh, the transfer portal. And we'll talk about that right after I tell you about the great folks. At Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans have been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some has stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans uh, have always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision. For better coverage, better rates, and better service, go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state. That is fbhp.com slash ATOZ, Farm Bureau Health Plans, Big shout out to them for uh, for supporting the boys here. Go get yourself health plan. All right, to the transfer portal, Zach. Let's let's hop in. Let's hop into the portal. So Tennessee has had a whole bunch of dudes at this point on the way out. Um, specifically, I think the biggest news since we talked last, which was the day of the sort of Jordan Seaton debacle, we had a quick sort of emergency segment that day. Since then, I think the primary story has been that a lot of these uh, senior and kind of super senior defensive backs um, have hopped into the portal. And it's created an, an interesting kind of predicament, I feel like, for Tennessee fans, because all through the season, we've all been like, the, the DBs are terrible. Oh, my gosh. Pat, the, you know, the, the pass defense is so bad. And then now... These guys are actually leaving or maybe just testing the portal. We don't really know. Obviously, it hasn't reached its conclusion yet. And then you kind of look at it. You go like, whoa, 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 where's everybody going so fast? Hey, how about uh, we calm down here? <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, what what did you think of? of uh, well, let's just start there of the defensive backs. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, your young guys better be ready to go. Right. I mean, there, there is yeah. no safety net there any longer. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is, yeah, we all wanted better secondary play. We all wanted to see more young guys get, getting a chance. But at the same time, you want a deep room. You wanted to see the young guys get a chance over the old guys, which just didn't seem like it was in the cards uh, for the way Tim Banks rotates his secondary. So you, you wanted to have those guys there just in case something happens or experience or maybe one of the young guys doesn't pan out. You can go back to a, a Tamaria McDonald or a Danico Slaughter. Now that I mean, those options are gone. I mean, uh, you you've got to bring in some transfer guys. Hopefully, I know they're going after a, a few guys here and there. I don't think there's any any names too huge that they're going after, uh, but there's a few out there that they're pursuing. But yeah, you got to hope these young guys are are ready to go uh, in 2024. And this is a big season. Like the defense really needs to take a step forward in 2024. You're really looking for them to kind of put some of these problems behind them when they're in zone coverage and they just get sliced and diced by every quarterback in the sec like you're really wanting to see some guys that can go out on the field and perform and, and shut some of that down and, that, and that's what's going to take for tennessee to you know get past the eight win or ten win season and really have a, a special year so it's uh, it's nothing that's concerning it wasn't surprising but it is kind of like okay like it's time to go. Like it, you guys better step up and be ready to go and, and see some real development here. <laughs> I think this, this really encapsulates a lot of how the fans are feeling. Cameron in the comments says, no, we want Willie Martinez to transfer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree. That was more my feeling more than, Oh, I want to push all these DBs out. You still need depth there. As, as you're saying, you, you were kind of hoping, that they, if they're not going to be starters, they would at least be fallback options to, to, you know, good young guys or other transfers or whatever. Um, you know, maybe we don't need all of the defensive backs to transfer out older defensive backs, I guess. None of the young guys have opt in yet really, but, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people 
we're ready to see Willie Martinez uh, hit the bricks. And <clears throat> whether that be under his own volition or Josh Heupel, uh, you know, has a say in it, whatever it might be, I, I think a lot of people would like to see a fresh face there just because of what you saw. You know, they, they just they never, never turn around to find the football. Um, and the few times happen. they did, good things happen. I mean, there were so many times yeah. where it's like the, it was right there. I mean, you turn around, it's an easy interception. Uh, yeah, that, that stuff was frustrating. I don't know how much is – I mean, because you, you see it in other teams too. It's not just Tennessee that you're seeing some poor defensive back play these days. It's kind of a epidemic around college football. There's only a handful of real good shutdown corner type players. You know, Tennessee had a guy that was turning into that, and Kamal Haddon had a, a great story, kind of the way he had redeemed himself. And unfortunately, that injury sidelined him for the rest of the season. He has no eligibility left. That's another guy that's gone. And I, I can't figure out how that guy doesn't have eligibility left. I spent about an hour last night just going through my brain, trying to look at where he's played. I mean, he he started in 2019 at junior college. He's played three years at Tennessee. Did not play in 2020 because his season was canceled. You're supposed still supposed to get a COVID year for that, even at the JUCO level. That is, you know, something that was determined in 2020. And he has no eligibility left. Yet we have six-year seniors who took a redshirt year and are on the field for five full years plus their redshirt year, like Jacob Warren, for example, or Elijah Simmons, who we, we think is coming back, who also came in in 2019. He gets to play on the field for a fifth year, but for some reason, this like weird loophole where if you don't play in 2020 or uh, he would have been, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a exercise of the mind there that I can't really make it make sense and figure out how he does not have eligibility left, but he apparently does not. Yeah. Uh, there was that tweet yesterday where he said, I think he probably I, thinks the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, 100%. The numbers don't add up there. And it seems like everybody else and their mother has a COVID year. I mean, Keenan Peely's going to be like 27 years old next year <laughs> playing linebacker for Tennessee in his seventh uh, year. He exactly. Was, 2016 was his true freshman year at BYU. 2016. <laughs> his college career uh, has spanned. I, I've been married I've been married for eight years. So Keenan Peely's college career has essentially been. He's in his third presidency. <laughs> He's in his third presidency. That's, that is true. We'll be his fourth. Because that's uh, next fall, yeah, right? Next, right? By the end of next, next, next fall. will be his fourth. He'll <laughs> cross over to, to whatever comes after Biden. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a funny timeline, but um, yeah, it's, it is hard to believe that, that Haddon doesn't have, more time, but there was that tweet yesterday where he said, maybe I have another year of eligibility and had, he had like the, the googly eyes emoji or something. It was something along those lines. I tweeted it out actually. <clears throat> I'd have to go back and look, but uh, yeah, I, I, I guess that maybe that is what it is. Has, uh, well, I, I don't know if it's come out officially that he doesn't have eligibility. Maybe I, I, I think, did I think. UT say it? Yeah, I think they they yeah, I think they've said that to some media outlets that that he doesn't have eligibility left. But I don't know. It's so it's such a confusing thing now with the COVID year. Yeah, we could go over this all night, and it still will not make sense how somebody like Jacob Warren that came in in 2018 was able to play on the field for five seasons plus his redshirt year, and Kamal Haddon doesn't even take a redshirt year and plays four years, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how he doesn't get that fifth year. Yeah, that is a great question. I, I am genuinely not sure, but still we'll, we'll just have to see what else happens in terms of Tennessee players leaving. We don't know if this is the end of it, but you would certainly hope so. You want to minimize the guys that go out and, and really what I think Tennessee fans want to see at the moment is who is coming in because there hasn't been any news there quite yet. Um, they, there's just been this trickle of information where this uh, the tight end from Notre Dame, Holden Stays, uh, he visited, and you know it was just like, oh, I had a good time, and then that was it. And then you also had uh, the, uh, the wide receiver from Tulane, right? And it's Chris, um, what's, uh, what's his last name? Bradley. Um, 
Brazel. Brazel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The third, I think. Um, came in, visited. Hey, I had a good time. And that's all you've really heard at the moment. Um, but we got to do, I mean, where, where are these, you need transfers. <laughs> if you're, if you're going to lose guys right now, it needs to happen. And I mean, sure. It's not going to be overnight, but there, there needs to be some movement there. So, so maybe Zach here, my, my stupid computer froze up again. Um, I'm going to hop out, come back in while I do that. Maybe just quick, quick rundown of what you've heard uh, about these two, the transfers or anybody else potentially coming in or potentially leaving too. Uh, and hopefully I'll, this will only be, you know, a few seconds here, but I'll, I'll jump out. So, so tell folks uh, what we know. Yeah. It's pretty clear that Tennessee's got to add some players from the portal right now. They've got a huge hole at, at tight end that you have to address because McAllen Castle's going out, Jacob Warren going out. You got to have some experience there. Obviously, you're hoping that Ethan Davis can can be that guy and can be a, a playmaker. They're super high on Ethan Davis. He hasn't proved it yet, but he's probably going to play a key role in this team. So you're looking for for one tight end, and it just they haven't been able to close the deal with anyone yet. And it's not necessarily concerning, but it's okay. There's interest in Justin Jolly, and all of a sudden that's not really working out. You got the kid from Notre Dame coming in. He leaves without committing. He's still going to take a couple of visits. Will they, they be able to close the deal there? Uh, t- that's the first priority, really. There's tight end, I feel like, because that's the room is just empty and has no experience there. Interestingly enough, you mentioned Brazel there before you, you had to jump back in or jump out and jump back in. His teammate is a tight end, also entered the transfer portal today. Saw Alex that. Bauman. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if people I'd forgot about this. Uh, the Cotton Bowl last season, he caught the game-winning touchdown against USC. It was a, a pass that he barely was able to hold on to, where the the DB really made a nice play on it. Uh, he, maybe maybe that's something. He's from New Jersey, no real connections to the South or to Tennessee or anything like that. But hey, neither does Brazel. So uh, or we need least, both. Yeah, I mean maybe it's package deal. It's like I was saying while you're out of there, you know. The, the deal with the UConn tight end never really materialized. I mean, it sounds like it was more on Tennessee's end. Either way, the kid from Notre Dame, you know, leaves without committing. You've got to get somebody. And until you do have somebody, I don't care how any of these deals are trending, until they're committed, they're on campus, they're, you know, they're going to be of all. You can't count uh, on any of those guys, you know, coming. So you, you've got to close the deal. Not getting a tight end would be a disaster. You, you probably need a wide receiver. You know, they, they've shown interest in a few. We thought Juice Wells was going to be a big name that they showed interest in. We heard those rumors early. He was supposed to visit, didn't visit. He's kind of, you know, getting uh, getting cozy with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Wouldn't be a surprise if he ends up down there. So it's like, man, you see these playmakers and these guys where, you know, Florida State, for example, bringing in Coleman last year and seeing what he did uh, – Georgia bringing in the guy from Missouri, just all these programs making these big moves. And, and Tennessee did bring Thornton in last year, and you're hoping that he can have a you know bounce back season and kind of a, he was finding his groove playing on the outside that he can be that guy for you. But you just haven't seen Tennessee land like any of these like star players out of the portal yet, and you you wonder what that's about. Like Walter Nolan, defensive lineman that everybody wants to talk about. Doesn't really look like there's anything there between him and Tennessee. Even with his connection to the Knoxville area, going to high school here, doesn't you know? Ole Miss again, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss down there look like that. That might be a, his destination. So these guys are difference makers. You got to have some of those talented guys like that. And and I know Tennessee's trying to balance culture and nil and not overpaying paying the play. I, I think Tennessee's. Angle is wanting to pay the players that are on the roster uh, more so than bringing in unknowns. It's it's hard to manage. I mean, I get it, but sooner or later, you got to land some of these big fish. I, I will say, I completely agree with everything you said there. You you have to like to. I I feel like I say it every single week. To be elite, you got to have elite players. <clears throat> period. Whether they're coming through the transfer portal or they're coming through traditional recruiting, it it honestly doesn't matter to me one way or the other, as long as they end up in, a, in an orange uniform in Knoxville, Tennessee, like that's it. Um, and so, yeah, that has to happen. But I, I would be lying if I said I was not 
at least in the back of my mind, a little worried that that Heupel or maybe his his staff in a general sense or whatever it may be that they don't uh, they don't have that. What's even the right way to frame it like that killer instinct with recruiting? Because here's the thing. Recruiting is a down and dirty business. It's gross. The way that I've always said it for years and years now uh, is if th- this this league is is filled with snakes. If you want to win, you got to be a viper. I mean, that, that really is that, you know, you don't want to be the the mouse <laughs> in, in the snake pit. Uh, you got to be the King Cobra. And that's you, you just you look across this league. You could go right down 75 South here to Athens and, you know. Kirby doesn't have morals. Lord knows he, he'll do whatever it takes to get these guys in the door at Georgia. Uh, Lord knows what, what they're spending and, and doing to get these guys inside the, that building, but Hey, it works. They're, they're getting five star after five star after five star after five star. And they're, they're winning championships you know, two in a row. Thank, thank God. They're not going to win another one this year. Um, but the, the proof's in the pudding. He he's willing to get down low and dirty and, and get in the mud. And I, I don't know if I get that sense off of Hypel and this staff. And I, I know there's, there's a lot of people that they, no, well, we, we don't want them to be like that. That's, that's the, the facts of life when it comes to SEC football. That's, that's how it has to be. And I mean, I, I think T- Terry here in the comments, he, he brings up, he brings up a point that I've seen a lot. He said the transfer portal and I are bad for college football. That's kind of a different discussion. I really want to want to talk about, here but he said they they have no loyalty they recruit these guys and then they leave like a a, something that i've seen is uh i guess the the way that i've seen is that we want we want guys that want to be at tennessee and i would say while i completely understand that sentiment and and generally i agree i definitely want guys that want to be at tennessee i would also say i don't care if these guys want to be at tennessee (laughs) i really don't if they want to come and play for a fat pay- paycheck, come play for a fat paycheck. Because the fact is, you're going to be on that football field in a Tennessee football uniform. You're not going to be over there in Georgia. You're not going to be at Florida. You're not going to be at Alabama. You're going to be at Tennessee playing. And I don't care if you want to be at Tennessee or not. I don't care if the only if the only thing getting you through is that paycheck that hits the bank account every week. I don't care. As long as you go out and you play good football for Tennessee. And and so, yes, I get, I get that sentiment. Also... Just get these elite dudes because that is, at the end of the day, that is the bottom line. You have to have the elite guys to play at an elite level in in college football. It just kind of is what it is. Yeah, that whole I, I want to you know have loyalty to this school. I, I grew up wanting to play here. Like that's kind of a dying breed. Lane Kiffin talked about it before the season. It like there is no more family atmosphere at a lot of programs. No, there is no more. Like I grew up wanting to play for Ole Miss. I'm loyal to Ole Miss. I mean, you're going to have some of that every now and then. You know, Jacob Warren was kind of one of those guys at Tennessee. Cooper Mays has been one of those guys at Tennessee. Tyler Barron, I mean, that's a local guy that spent four years here that you would want back. I mean, it's not the end of the world that he's leaving, but he's a good player. He has an NFL body. He has a chance to probably play in the league, and he won't play at Tennessee next season because he's looking for more NIL money. He's and, And I'm not faulting. Tyler Barron at all. I mean, that's kind of the economy that's been set up in college football. And once you're 22, 23 years old, I mean, these are business decisions. These are life decisions. This is no longer, I want to play here and represent my school and then I'll get going with my life, you know, after college, whether that's playing professional football or, or going into the working world, whatever it is. No, this is, this is the working world. Now this is a business. It is no longer amateur athletics. So that loyalty to some extent is is completely gone and and we'll see traces of it here and there but it's going to be hard to sustain what Hypel's wanting to build at Tennessee with this culture which I commend and he's kept it going pretty well but it's I don't I don't know how sustainable it is and at least when it comes to winning championships because all these other programs you don't really see a lot of that at these other programs Ohio State tries to do it to some extent, and we've seen them lose some players, some some good players because of it as well. Uh, but you've got to, like you said, you got to be willing to get a little dirty. Uh, you know, part of it with Hypo is his offense that we've talked about. You got to have a good fit, you know, for this offense. You got to 
you know, you're not going to go get an offensive lineman from Iowa and, and plug them in at right guard and expect them to take off from day one. Like it is kind of a unique way. It's, it's not, I don't even say it's totally unique anymore. You can go get somebody from an air raid offense and it translates enough that you can kind of have a little bit of a, a head start in, in Hypo's offense, but you do kind of have to be picky scheme fit with some of these guys, but you know, culture wise, I think you're going to have to, you're going to have to be willing to take a chance on some guys. Yes. It, it, again, this is a way to put it is it, it just is what it is. That's that's the college football. That yeah, we there's are no going back. Like there's, there's, there's no. Putting, and, and Terry says there will happen to play, you know, playing for a scholarship or, or playing for the the name on, on your chest. And there is a lot of that still. But it's just it, it's business first. And there's no putting that genie back in the bottle at this point. It, it is it, it's, you know, the college it's, football we grew up with is different now. Well, I mean, I, I even a little bit, I, I push back on making the delineation between college football and pro football. College football is pro football at, at this point. When, when you're, as I would say, power five, power five. Because ultimately, how I think all this kind of shakes out is that your group of five leagues just become a feeder league for power five. Or even and, your lower power five at this point really is. <laughs> like the true. Vanderbilt's, the Wake Forest, yes. Duke. Yeah. I mean, look at Duke. I mean, they had a great quarterback. He goes to Notre Dame today. Today, I mean, that, that is what is happening. You're not going to see those guys stick around at those smaller schools anymore. I mean, look at all the quarterback changes that we've already had. That that's, you know, you're right. It's group of five, but it is also these lower power five. It's going to be hard for those schools to survive. It it is, and but it's just what is coming down down the tracks. The toothpaste is out of the tube. And it's the world that we live in, but it's, you know, when, when you look at the amount of money that flows through the sport <clears throat> and, and just the level that, that this game is played at, at, at that power five, you know, elite level, it's this, it's pro football. And, and yeah, now the players about, are at a commensurate rate. You're talking about $4 million for Carson Beck. I mean, that's what dog nation <laughs> reported today or, or last night that he's looking for 4 million Come and he's on. probably going to get it because it was phrased that they're working it out. Four million. I mean, he's QB five, QB six in this draft. Hendon Hooker was QB five in the draft last year. His rookie deal was four years for like five point seven million, being a third round pick. <laughs> why would you? Why would you go pro if you're Carson Beck? Seriously. I mean, you come back. What's you get the Four million. Maybe you compete for a championship. Maybe you improve your draft stock. Another year of of playing in that offense, putting up some numbers. Maybe he goes into the first round, makes even more money. I mean. Four million. Well, I, That's insane. I think it's what you see with some of these specifically probably grad transfers or older transfers. Is it is that they're going like, yeah, I could go to the NFL and be an undrafted free agent, but I'm going to just stay in, go somewhere else and collect this check. And then, you know, just kind of roll my dice with the NFL after that when my my eligibility finally ro- runs out. Um, and and yeah, it's, I mean, that, you do. it's a move that makes complete sense. Yeah. Like Tyler Bray, you know, he 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 went pro after his junior year in 2012 as an undrafted guy. He probably stays. He might not play at Tennessee under Butch Jones in 2013, but he goes somewhere and he plays in college. Absolutely. Yeah, the, there's there's plenty of that. And so in, in some sense, I I actually like that element of it. I, I like, you know, keeping guys in, in college football for longer. I think ultimately that probably helps the product make make it a little less amateurish when you get a, a lot more senior guys in it. Cause I think you see that really badly in college basketball mm-hmm. when you can go after one year, it, it, it dilutes the product because everybody is young and green and just not, not as sharp as you get with older, more senior guys, but different conversation there. I, I guess I'll, I'll finish the transfer portal talk with this talking about Tennessee loyalty and, and Terry says, thanks for your comments. No, Terry, thank you for your comments. We appreciate you tuning into uh, to the show and and having a conversation with us but um the speaking of loyalty to tennessee potentially (laughs) you did see an interesting social media post from georgia offensive lineman tate ratledge uh he posted just a picture of himself in a georgia uniform at the you know playing for georgia but inside neyland stadium with the big vol sign right behind him in Neyland Stadium. And that's that's all he posted on Instagram. It was just that. And I think there's a few ways to uh to view that. It could just be a a shot at trying to get more money for himself from Georgia. It could be literally nothing at all, 
or it could be maybe he wants to come back to to come back to maybe he wants to transfer to to Tennessee supposedly grew up a Tennessee fan supposedly well he, no his dad his dad's the one that they, he pulled the sticker remember that when he pulled the oh, sticker that's off right. the, back of the truck the decal that was yeah that was Tate Ratledge's dad that's right yep i that, i totally forgot about that if he transferred yeah. you'd have to put a video of him putting it putting Put the, the sticker back, back on, on. yes <laughs> yeah 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 um Look, I mean, maybe dad's in his ear going, hey, son, look, you know, you only got a couple more years in college football left. Let's go play for my boys. Maybe, so, you know, maybe. Tennessee Who needs knows? a guard. You know, they, I mean, look, it could be just a random, I like this picture, but these athletes aren't dumb. They know, I mean, they use Instagram. They use Instagram stories. Dylan Sampson put that kind of cryptic deal out and it was like, yeah, he is hearing from other programs. And then Dylan Sampson uh, yesterday, maybe today, it's like a video of him hugging Josh Heupel, which is almost signaling, uh, yes, all is good. And they, we are expecting Dylan Sampson to be, you know, maybe the lead running back in, in the, in the, in the orange or the citrus bowl, depending on what happens with some opt outs, yep. which we'll get to later. So they do use Instagram to send messages and Tate Ratledge, honestly, my first thought or kind of that I've thought on it is it's a ploy to get some NIL money out of Georgia. That's that would be my immediate guess right now is, is what that is. I think so. Cause it just, you know, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Maybe it's, it's something like that where yeah he's he's probably just uh shooting for some extra cash which is totally fair Hap, as you said it happened with Dylan Sampson and thank goodness um you know it, it appears that he he's going to be back and will be the presumed lead running back going into next year um but i yeah i think ultimately it probably is just that but maybe we'll see i i would say if that ends up uh happening that that might be a little little emergency midweek pod worthy if Tennessee were to pull a coup like that that would be awesome Awesome, awesome. I mean, I I'll say I I didn't think there was a real chance that that Cade Mays when those rumors started swirling around. I was like, oh, pff, come on, that's not really going to happen. And then he, you know, he came back to Tennessee. Yeah. And so, for what it's worth, Tate Ratledge and and the Mays boys are pretty close, and they still yeah, they're boys. You know, Cooper Cooper talked about that before they played Georgia this season. We we will see. Um, okay, so now let's talk a little bit about traditional recruiting. Because in the last week, it you know, it wasn't just Jordan Seaton. Unfortunately, that wasn't the last bit of recruiting news for Tennessee. Um, there was a little bit more, and it may or may not be concerning. So let's discuss that right after I tell you about Zen Sports. Zach and I have been talking about Zen Sports all season long, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee, and we're excited to share. Some more big news. When you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to $1,000 maximum if your bet loses. But there's even more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its new VIP rewards program. VIP rewards will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only. So if you feel that your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, check out the program at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals like Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports betting just got better. If you have a gaming problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older in Tennessee to Bet Zen Sports. Go download it. It's always a good time, especially with college basketball. It's one of the wildest things to bet on because you literally have no idea uh, what is ever going to happen so often in college basketball. So go uh, download Zen Sports. Now to actual recruiting. We we covered Jordan Seaton last week, and we had a we had a complete other segment. Go. Uh, Go to A to Z Sports Nashville's YouTube channel here. If you're watching this live, you're you're there. Um, and check out that segment that we did last week. Obviously, we weren't super happy <laughs> about any of that, and we gave our breakdown. But uh, 
I don't, was it the next day? I want to say news came out that Jonathan Eccles was a four star tight end who was committed to Tennessee for a really long time, uh, flipped to another school. But it wasn't just any other school. Uh, it was the University of South Florida, where former Tennessee offensive coordinator Alex Golish is now the head coach. And, you know, I, I don't think this is a coincidence for sure. Eccles was originally recruited by Golish, and uh, he committed when Golish was still the offensive coordinator. And yeah, it was just like a little cherry on top of that entire week. Now, a lot of people said, oh, they weren't really trying to keep him. Maybe there's there's transfer portal tight ends coming in. What was your read on it, Zach, seeing seeing that news? Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like Tennessee would have, you know, would have signed him if he stayed committed, but they weren't, you know, it wasn't a panic. They weren't hanging on tight. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like a panic mode that he flipped. So I, that's one of those things where you need tight ends, but you can usually go find some in the portal. Again, that goes back to Tennessee having to, to make some moves in the portal. I don't think it's the end of the world that Eccles is going to USF. It's going to be a similar situation there, though. I mean, he's going to have to figure that offense out. It's the same offense that Tennessee runs. It's not like he's going to step in there as a true freshman and, and day one, you know, go out there and put up big numbers or really see see much action. Maybe he just felt a lot more comfortable with Golish, Tampa, nice place to live. Maybe he saw a better opportunity. I don't know. Maybe maybe he saw the writing on the wall at Tennessee with Ethan Davis, who everybody thinks can be a star, and you're recruiting guys out of the portal. You know, who knows what's going through a, a kid's mind. That that singular commit recruit doesn't really move the needle, but recruiting as a whole right now, I, I think it's pretty obvious going into year four, it has to be better. It is not good enough to win a national championship right now. I mean, the one thing we said coming out of this season, out of 2023, was, you know, especially after that Georgia game, you need more talent. Like, you got to have more talent on the field. We, we, we looked at all the, the comparison of the rosters, and Georgia's five and four stars, you know, almost doubled Tennessee's, you know, five and four stars, or did double. Uh, more than double, I think, but th- that's that's what it's going to take to close the gap. And Tennessee's not clo- In fact, it's getting a little bit wider because right now they have the number fourteen class in the country according to twenty four seven. There's no guarantee that you're going to add, you know, anything to this class to make that ranking go up. Other because there are a few four and five stars out there that Tennessee's not in the mix for. So other programs have the chance to maybe jump them and maybe that ranking falls even more. I know, I know Tennessee's trying to flip the five-star defensive lineman from Texas A&M. He's from Louisiana. LSU's trying to flip him too. So, you know, who knows what happens in that situation? I don't think he's going to sign until February. So that, that one's still got to play out for a little while. It's just, it's gotta be better. I mean, you look at the rankings right now and, I know the rankings aren't the end-all, be-all, but for the most part, the programs that are near the top are the ones competing for championships. Georgia's at number one. Ohio State's at number two. Florida State's at number three. Alabama's at four. Here's the one that will make you drop your head and ask what's going on. Florida's at number five. (laughs) You know, with Billy Napier, you're going to be on the hot seat going into next season. Um, Auburn at number 10, you know, LSU at number 12 is not that surprising. Actually, kind of surprising they're not higher, to be honest, with LSU. But, you know, a and is at 17, right behind you. They fired their coach. South Carolina's at number 19. They had, they're not even going to a bowl game. And you're you're closer to those programs than Georgia and Alabama and, and Florida. And and you want to – you just made me think of it. You know, I, I mentioned that Kirby is is one of the the snakes of, of SEC recruiting and coaching. I mean, you, you want to talk about a snake. Hugh Freeze at Auburn. I, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's a coincidence that he's already hopped ahead of you in recruiting. Relentless. But what's and, he and, yeah, but, and he can't. He can't throw money around like he did in twenty what twenty thirteen twenty fourteen whenever they Imdechi uh, Imdechi or whoever and all those recruits signed and I think they had like the number one or two class in the country and everybody was like how how much has Ole Miss spent on this class? Well, now I mean that's out the window. It's a level playing field when it comes to that stuff now. Well, and I think that's probably the main reason why I would say I've 
I've just been underwhelmed. Underwhelmed is my right word. I, I wouldn't say I, I got to see how this class finishes before I say disappointed or, uh, you know, anything like that. Um, But underwhelmed so far with this class and, and recruiting with Hypel in general is, is because of the resources that Tennessee has. I mean, <laughs> Billy Bob in the, the comments, he says, is NIL the reason the season tickets went up? Maybe. Because, you know, t- Tennessee, I-, I think, has more money or or the, the same amount of money, if not more, than pretty much any other program in America. I mean, you're not going to find any other program that just has, that just outclasses Tennessee in terms of the amount of money that, A&M, that comes maybe, in. But that's every day. Maybe. Yeah. But, and, you know, there, there, there are some that will beat you out, but it's not like it's just going to be some insane you know, crazy deficit in between the two. Uh, Tennessee is right there resource-wise. And still hanging back at 14, losing guys to USF. And, you know, again, it may, maybe it was just, oh, I wanted to play for Goalish, and Tennessee wasn't hanging on that tightly, sure. But still, that, that means there's only, what, 20, 19, 20 guys in this class right now for 2024? And, and, and you, just, have, you have some good players, but it's not, it's not deep enough. It's not yes. enough four-stars. There, there has to be enough, and then you turn around and you're not, at least not yet, again, before I make any judgment calls, I got to see how all this shakes out, but at least not yet, you don't have any guys in the transfer portal, and you haven't seen, I brought this up right at the beginning of the transfer portal, it's something I wanted to see, and we're not going to see it, this is not happening this this round uh, of, of portal, you know, names going into the portal, but I said I wanted to see some guys go in, and and the first tweet goes, oh, this kid He's going into the portal. His expected landing spot is Tennessee. I wanted to see that because it means that Tennessee is is being aggressive. They're on the horn. They're talking to these guys. They're they're playing the same exact games that everybody else is. No matter what you think about that, I that's what I want to see. And you haven't seen that. You haven't really seen much movement at all. Which you know it could just be players keeping keeping their recruitment under wraps or whatever it may be. But I. Again, I, I kind of go back to I I hope that Hypel is is willing to get down in the mud because it's it's what you have to do. I'm just not sure that I've seen a lot of great evidence to suggest that. Now, does that mean that it's going to be disastrous for Tennessee? No, you have the number 14 class. Number 14, you're going to be a, you're going to be a top 25 team, generally speaking, probably. Uh, if you get the number 14 class in America, you're just not going to win championships. You, you might you might even make the playoff. You yeah, I think that which, with Hypel system, with Hypel system, yeah. what he runs, uh, the way that players buy in, I think I think that's a playoff team. I, I do. I think all you got to do is have top fifteen classes at Tennessee, and you will be a playoff team. Uh, but I don't. I don't think you're going to win. You're not going to get to that final four and and knock off a Georgia or an Ohio State with some of this talent or Michigan with some of the talent they have. I just don't I don't see it. Unless you just get a transcendent quarterback and you hope Nico's that guy, and you get a receiver that can really just take over a game even better than like a Jalen Hyatt, like just somebody that's a like a Jamar Chase type guy out there. Then yeah, maybe, you know, we saw it with Cam Newton back in the day at Auburn, you know, when when sometimes you can run into a situation like that. But for the most part, you got to have some DBs that are playing the league, and and that's the biggest problem with this season. Like we said, if you go look at right now, Mel Kiper just put out last week his top ten players, draft eligible players at every single position: interior, I mean, guard, tackle, center, running back, like every position. There's not a single Tennessee player on that. Not even Jalen Wright isn't even in the top ten running backs that, that he's put out. And I know you think what you will of Mel Kiper, but you look at pretty much any list, you're not really going to see Tennessee players on those lists. Meanwhile, the, the team's competing, you know, they're littered with names on, on those lists. So you, you've got to have guys that are going to play on Sundays in the NFL. You Absolutely. have to. Yeah. It's just, it's purely a requirement. I, yeah. And to, Tony in, in the comments says, keep in mind that even with a 14th ranked recruiting class, Hypo has proven that he can do more with less. 100% true. La- last year's team, purely when you stack up talent against talent, was nowhere close to where Alabama was. You beat Alabama, and yeah. and, and I, I would I would even say, um, you know, like Clemson. I, I think Clemson like rank recruiting rankings was far better than than Tennessee, and, and you beat them. Like you, you certainly showed that that it's really more 
on the defensive side is the bigger concern yes. for me that you have. I mean, you need the offensive guys. You need fast steel guys. You need guys, you know, good running backs. But like Tony said, like, Hypo has shown that he can utilize these guys. And if you have a good quarterback, that can, you know, gloss over a lot of roster holes. The defense, though, like you've got to have guys that can tackle in space, that can, you got to have linebackers that can cover. You got to have guys that can dominate the line of scrimmage. You got to have DBs that are fast, that, you know, that, that quick, quick, quick twitch guys. You just, you have to have that. I, I feel like a way that you could put it is like, you just, you need to get to the point where you can rely on 30 points winning a game instead of 40. Like that, that's maybe like that. That's how in hypo system you could sustain success more long-term. Um, and to be is, fair, they were, they were close ish to that this season. They were, yeah, they, they weren't far, far away. They just weren't I mean, consistent think, enough. Yeah. Thankfully with the amount of points that you score, if your defense is marginally good, a lot of the time you'll be able to to outrun your your opponent as long as the offensive offense is really good. Uh, this season it was not. It just wasn't really good. I, it was statistically the worst one Heupel has ever had. <clears throat> and, you know, that can't continue. But I, I also I don't think it will with some of the guys that are coming in. But, uh, yeah, that the the defense is is so big and it. It's just all about winning, winning those championships. You got to get back to the SEC championship game. You got to get back to the to uh to championship level nationally into that playoff and, and into actually being competitive into that playoff not just like sneaking in at 12 and losing the opening game and you know hey at least we made it like that's yeah you would have done that last year uh but that that's just not ult- ultimately you'll do that a couple times and be like yeah okay we're, we're in the playoff we're there and then you're gonna be like okay Let's win some of these games. You know, that's it. It gets old kind of quick. You, you look at like the the trajectory of like the Titans. They made the AFC Championship game that <clears throat> that one year, and then they keep losing in the opening round. Well, you go like, okay, yeah, it's great that they're making the playoffs, but they keep losing in the opening round. That's not gonna that's not gonna do at a certain uh, point. And and so you'll you'll get there if if Hypo continues on a nice trajectory. You're gonna get to that point and the way to overcome that is to get elite players and they're not doing it right now. They just yeah, I, case in point. I am. Uh, yeah. I, I think honestly, I think they need a couple more. I think some guys on this staff that don't love recruiting. Like there's a couple of yeah. those, I think. And yes. I think because you can't put it all on hypo. He's one guy, you know, he can only make so many calls. He can only be in so many places. Your guys have to go out there and close. And, you know, some of the guys you, you do see, progress and something like Rodney Garner you really don't have to worry about that uh, I he's feel getting like older line, though you at gotta... linebacker yeah at linebacker they've done a pretty good job Joey Hosley to his credit I mean he, he's done a really good job too you know Tennessee's kind of got quarterbacks lined up every every season you know kind of moving forward some of these others it just I don't know it, it tight end secondary it's leaving a lot to be desired right now and ultimately, you're relying on your assistance so much. You got to have guys that just love it, and it's a tough job. I mean, I saw Mike Eckler post a tweet earlier tonight. He's on an airplane flying to Florida. He posted the other day he'd been gone for like seven straight days. That's a that's a tough life. I mean, you got to love it. You got to attack every single day with high energy to land these guys, and that it's not for everybody it's so much more than coaching football i mean that becomes the biggest part of your job especially this time of the year and it can be tough i mean you you've it's it's a lifestyle that's that not everyone's cut out for garner's not as old as i thought born in 1966 he's got some time oh yeah uh i i thought he was like 65 already um anywho (laughs) that's beside the point um but yeah i don't think it's coincidence at all do you see that that Multiple times since Hypel has been here, <clears throat> they they have gotten defensive line recruits where I was like, whoa, huh. I didn't think they were going to get a guy at that level. And then, you know, the person that recruited him was Rodney Garner. He he has proven he is that dude on the recruiting trail. And there are other other coaches on this team that have done not that at all. They That I think you could really uh, make a case for that's, you know, something they don't really like doing, uh, recruiting. So, anywho, I mean that that really is uh, is it for recruiting. Uh, I I think uh, unless you got 
anything else, Zach, we'll move on. Talk talk a little bit of bowl game. Some some rumors around who might opt out, who might not uh, for the bowl game. But but anything else before we yeah, no, that's, that's enough talk. Enough negative negative talk. We don't we don't <laughs> usually get too negative about Tennessee or or what's no. going on at Tennessee. But the recruiting has you know it it does need to be better. So yeah, I mean it just it just is it is the facts on the ground that the teams that win national championships have elite rosters. When when do you see a team win a national championship that doesn't? That's if you know beginning and end of that conversation to me. So. There you go. Um, although I do, I do like the guys that are in this recruiting class. I'll say that there. I'll, I'll give you a positive note right there at the end. I yeah, think. I'm excited about like a, a Mike Matthews, yes. Jordan Ross. I mean, those there's some guys that are that are going to play in the NFL that that have star potential yeah. for sure. You, you got some dogs in this class. You just need more of them. Just more. Come on, keep and like Tate Ratledge. Come on down. Uh, whoever else, uh, Chris Brazel. Come, come on down. We need. Yeah, to I think that's what. Comment from Troy might be referring to Tate Ratledge. Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier. If you want our take on that, yes, l- listen to the replay of the show at the end of the first segment. We we talked all about that. So, um, okay, now let's talk about who might opt out of the bowl game, who might not, and kind of what that that means. Also, uh, and we'll do that right after I tell you about our good friends, Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey. They've been supporting the show for so long now, and still, this is true. Nothing goes better with a Tennessee sports victory than a great whiskey, and I'm talking specifically about Rattle and Snap, Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. Rattle and Snap is a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four-year and an eight-year version of Rattle and Snap. We've had both. We've shown both uh, on the show and and on the, the game day show with Jonathan Crompton. And it's all great. So good in cocktails. Great neat in a glass. Uh, you can find Rattle and Snap in stores across the state of Tennessee. But it's also available in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. Run! Don't walk to get yourself some Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey for those Tennessee sports victories. Follow them on Instagram at Rattle and Snap Whiskey. Rattle and Snap. Big shout out to them. Love their whiskey. So... There, there's been nothing but rumors so far when it comes to uh, opt-outs for this bowl game. And, you know, the, the entire conversation around opt-outs is it's it's become a lot bigger as more and more guys, it seems like, every season opt out for, you know, for NFL or for, you know, they're going into the transfer portal, so they're not going to play or whatever it may be. Uh, or or even they're, they're coming, they got to just protect their health and it's, Whatever, whatever it might be, um, it's just become kind of a popular thing to do. Uh, so far with Tennessee, no one has announced, um, but the speculation right now that I've seen thrown around uh, social media in different places is that uh, Jabari Small and Jalen Wright will not play in the bowl game. Again, spe- speculation, they, they haven't said that officially, but I would say this, it would make sense to me if they don't, you don't want to risk injury in kind of a meaningless, you know, me- meaningful to to fans and, and players on the team, but ultimately relative to going to the NFL and protecting your future, a, a somewhat meaningless game. Um, and so I I could see that. And let's let's start there. Um, what do you think of that that rumor? Yeah, I mean that that seems like that's probably how it's going to play out. Jalen Wright, you want to capitalize off of a big junior season you know arian foster back in the day had a big junior season and chose to came back come back for his senior year didn't play that well during his senior year i think that was when he had a lot of fumbles ended up going undrafted so you can as a running back you can tank your draft stock uh, it's a strange position when it comes to that jabari small I don't, I don't know how you know if he gets drafted what that looks like i do think he's a guy that can carve out a role in the nfl i think he can be like a third down back because he was pretty good in pass protection probably could be used catching the ball a little more than you know Tennessee doesn't do a ton of that throwing to your running backs that could be an interesting role for him in the NFL you know there's some guys like that that aren't the fastest guys in the world Jabari's not slow by any means he's fast enough he just wasn't Dylan Sampson or Jalen Wright fast so I I like that we get to see though Dylan Sampson in that lead role we get to see Cam Seldon in meaningful reps you know in the Citrus Bowl if, if that is how that plays out so that'll be you know, kind of a fun 
fun thing to watch in that bowl game. I, I you know, I, I know everybody wants to see Nico in that bowl game, and we don't know how that's going to play out yet. I mean, that would be the thing that would kind of send that game over the top if it's like, hey, Nico's starting. Uh, but even if he does in a nice little constellation there, is getting to see the two guys that are going to lead your running back room next season. Yeah, I, I think that would be awesome. And it, and it would be a nice prize, I, I think, for, for Dylan Sampson, just because he really put in his time this year. And I honestly, I think a lot of people would have liked to have seen him get more reps than he did. Um, you, know, you think back like to like that Florida, Florida game, game when he yeah. play. Yeah. Uh, and, and you probably wish you would have played him more. But yeah, I mean, give that man the, the spotlight there. Let him be number one. We know he's a dog and, and excited to see that. Yeah. I mean, the, the one that people want to know about is, is Joe going to play? And I, I think he is. That seems to be the way I haven't been able to see many rumors about it, at least that I think are actually yeah. coming from a place of like, Oh, I may have spoken to Joe or, you know what he might be thinking. Um, it seems like he's probably going to play, but yeah, if he didn't, <laughs> I do think there'd be a lot of Tennessee fans that rush to go get tickets. Maybe right now they're like, eh, you know, it's, it's going to be a pretty boring game and I can save my money for, for, you know, maybe March madness here in a few weeks <laughs> or something. Um, and I, I think if if Nico were to end up being the starter there, you would get a lot more just, you know, oh man, we, you know, we're ready to tune in. Let's see this kid. Let's see what he can do. See the future. Um, my prediction is that that won't be the case. I, I just don't, I don't see the motivation for Joe there. Cause I think that the chance of him getting hurt is a lot lower um, than your running backs. And I also, I, I think he might still want to put some more on tape even. Um, and, and just, you know, continue to show what he can kind of do. Like, like Jalen Wright doesn't need to show anything. Jalen Wright has showed like, I'm an NFL guy. Here you go. Please. And thank you. Just look at this tape and he'll go to pro day and he'll be fine. But, but Joe, I, I think you could, you could put some more, you know, good play on, on tape and he'd be good. But I, uh, I, I don't see him. I don't see him opting out and I'm, and I'm fine with that being, you know, being his final game at, at Tennessee. Yeah, I'm, I would be surprised if he opts out. I mean, obviously, it's it's. I guess it's still on the table. That seems like that's kind of been locked down. I don't know if he's setting up to make a big announcement or, or what what that's going to look like. But the game's in Florida. It's in Orlando. He's from South Florida. He went to high school in Orlando. We know playing in Florida is important to him. He lost his last game in Florida. You know, in Gainesville. After the, you know the stuff from the summer where he said he doesn't lose in Florida. That's not the way you want to go out you know, playing in your home state, you know, your last game at Tennessee or your last game in at Florida and Tennessee. I, I think he plays. It, it would be a shock to me if he does not play. And, and I don't think he has a – it's not a game that sets up well for him to put a lot on tape because Iowa's going to make this game ugly. Like, we know yeah. that. I, I, we'll see what happens. I think Tennessee wins the game as of right now. And, and maybe that changes depending on what happens over the next few weeks with, with opt-outs, but it's not, it's not a, uh, a game where you're expecting Tennessee to go out there and score 50 points. I was going to hold on to the ball. They're going to, you know, try to possess the ball as long as possible. They, they played good defense. I think their defensive coordinator was like one of the, the assistants of the year. So it's not going to be a game where you really looking for Joe to go out there and throw for 300 yards and, just kind of put on a show, even even like the Clemson game in the Orange Bowl last season. Now, conversely, you know, th these aren't opt-outs. These are players that have hit the portal. It's pretty much a whole new secondary that you're going into this game with because those problems that we were talking about earlier for next season where they really show up in the Citrus Bowl because Slaughter and McDonald and, and Bur Burrell, you know, those, those guys are gone. I don't know if Gabe Judy Lally plays in this game or not. We'll see. That That's one to watch when it comes to opt-outs, but for the most part, you're going to have at least half of a new secondary. Uh, it is good that it's against Iowa, a team that doesn't really air it out. So <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> that matchup does work in, in favor of how this kind of sets up for Tennessee. But that's the other interesting aspect of this game. I think there's a lot to learn. Even if Nico doesn't play, there's a lot to learn about this team 
you know, moving forward into next season, as far as the secondary, some of those young guys that are going to get to start in this game, your running back situation. Uh, I'm not sure what the linebacker situation looks like. I know Keenan Peely won't play. Uh, Arian Carter was banged up at the end of the year. I don't, I don't know if he'll be back. I don't think he'll be back because he was out for the the rest of the season. I believe that's a guy you're gonna be counting on pretty pretty majorly next year. Castles and Warren. I, I know Jacob Warren's already said that he's playing in the game. I would expect McCallan Castles to probably play too there tight end. I don't know if he said that officially yet or not. Would like to see Ethan Davis get some reps in this game at tight end too. So some, you know, it's, you want to win this game. You, you don't want to be eight and five. You want to be nine and four. That just looks a lot better than eight and five. But you also want to do some development in this game. And and a lot of these young guys, early enrollees, are going to be in there for practices. Uh, and yeah, obviously they can't play in the game. But you do want to mix in guys that you're counting on next season to kind of get a, a head start on all that. Absolutely. I I did look. Iowa has the number 130th ranked passing offense. That is the fourth worst in all of college football. The only teams with less passing proficiency, Navy, Army, and Air Force. The triple option teams. (laughs) The triple option teams. So... That is it is a good game to kind well, of thank God Iowa doesn't run the triple option because that would be those yeah. games are nightmares. Those are the uh, worst. That's like Austin P on steroids. It's awful. Yes, I I would be concerned. Uh, much well, I would say I would be much more concerned uh, about losing or the defense struggling. If we remember if that Iowa Georgia Tech triple option, that Georgia Tech game in 2017 that oh, somehow won. I, I was there. Feel how they won that game, but God, that was. I, Dreadful. I was in the press box for that game and, and got to interview coaches and stuff afterwards. That was uh yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah, don't just nope. Um yeah, no. Um yeah, Paul yeah, Paul Johnson, man. I forget they they did run that triple option, Georgia Tech. And they would go like eight and five, nine and four. They would uh-huh. get somebody on the right day because when that thing's working. It's oh, I mean, it's, they, it's almost impossible to stop when it when you got it clicking all on all on the same day and you got making the right decisions. It can. I I want to say that that year when Mississippi State was so good with Dak Prescott, I want to say Mississippi State played Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl, um, as as like the you know they were both like ten and two or whatever, um, anywho. Oh yeah, um, oh, I forgot Panseared Ribeye here. Nice username mentioned that so many Tennessee had so many injuries in that Georgia Tech game. That was the game Jawan Jennings broke his wrist. The opening oh, game, yeah, that's true. That's what led to him trying to practice when uh, Brady Hoke and, and John Curry kicked him off the team later that season. Man, that yeah, God, that was such a weird game. Will says I instantly started thinking about that game as soon as you brought up the triple option. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's no, yeah, no, thanks. I'm I'm glad that it's Iowa. You highlights from that season. It it actually was because you you made that uh, goal line stand in overtime, right? Yeah, I'm thinking right. I think that's how that went. Your only other wins that you were like UMass, Southern Miss, and uh, Indiana State, I believe, was the other game that won that season. Yeah, four. And that UMass game was like close. Yeah. I remember remember watching it. I was like, just screw it. Just fuck it. If they lose it, it's over and Butch is gone. (laughs) Like, just rip the bandaid off. I remember specifically saying the the Hail Mary happened in the Florida game. Mm. And and I was watching it with like a pretty big group of people. And everybody was like, oh, no. And I turned and I was like, we're gonna be happy that happened after this season. <laughs> you're you're gonna be glad that uh, that Butch didn't somehow pull this out because he would have. Oh, he would have lived off winning in the swamp. Oh yeah, I mean that. Sure. Uh, yeah. So you know, I that that's how kind of what's what's the right word? Uh, Black pilled. What's the, uh, just how out I was on Butch Jones uh, that year. Um. <laughs> Nugs, I think he's. Is this talking about uh, rattling snap right here? He said, "I yeah, got I my so. in-laws to bring down a case of the eight-year when they come for Christmas." First of all, there you go. that's awesome. Uh, second, that's how much rattling snap I would have needed to watch Butch Jones for another year. <laughs> that every week, I think. 
Um, I, I would have needed uh, a whole case. Um, oh, well, that's enough butch talk. Um, yeah. I, as far as that goes, we'll obviously we'll keep keep everybody up to date on on the opt outs. Talk about what it might mean um, going forward because uh, it's. I think that, that bowl game. Yeah. It might end up being boring, but I think it's going to be interesting. Obviously, especially if Nico ends up being the guy. Um, and so I, yeah, I'm. Yeah, there's some fun storylines there. There, there is. There definitely is. And I guess to to give everyone a live update on basketball, Tennessee is up 51 to 26 uh, in that game with 18 minutes left in the second half. So I think that's they're going to cruise to that one. There, there's a lot to say about basketball. Uh, but I, you know, first of all, we don't have another sponsor for another segment. And then also we've, it's already been an hour and six minutes. So, uh, we'll, we'll call it a night. And, and when Tennessee plays another big basketball game, I'll just say this, that Illinois game was really fun. Dalton connects an absolute dog. I really like this team. I just, I hope they, they put it all together, you know, get, get Vescovy rolling, get Jonas Adu rolling. Um, I think he's, he's had a really nice game, uh, so far against Georgia Southern tonight. Um, and it's all there for Tennessee. So we'll obviously talk about them more in the next few weeks. Charlie Burris, that is Zach Reagan. This is the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who listened. Tony, Lou, man, Will, uh, Pantsheard, Ribeye, uh, Nugs, Troy, Terry, uh, Billy Bob, everybody who tuned in. Cameron, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's uh for for tuning in and not just tuning in but interacting with us being a part of the show it really means the world we couldn't do it without you um and i think that's it that's show zach we will we will be back May, maybe if something crazy happens with transfer portal maybe like last week we'll do a midweek segment who knows but we we got to have something hopefully something good enough happens to prompt that and and not something bad enough like last week where it was something bad enough to have an emergency segment please and thank you that's it. Charlie Burr, Zach Reagan. Thanks again. We will talk to y'all next week. See you guys later.